This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And on this Tuesday program, we've got some golf for you, namely a full recap of round one of the American Athletic Conference Tournament, where the Bulls stand We'll also tell you exactly the bracket for the women's tennis tournament, which begins tomorrow. The Bulls will not play until Thursday because they get a first round bye. That's something nice. And a very intriguing layer of drama has been added to their bracket as far as what's gone on in the last couple of days. As a matter of fact, we'll go ahead and give you a hint. The Bulls have a chance flat out to end UCF season, not just in women's tennis, but in men's tennis. We'll explain with those juicy details. We'll also tell you about the baseball players who got honored by the American Athletic Conference. The weekly awards were handed out on Monday. A couple of bulls could have been three, but I'll say why it wasn't three here shortly. Also let you know that we will not be going to Jacksonville today to do the game against UNF. We'll be keeping a keen eye on the guys, but for various reasons, staying back home. So, women's golf. Well, with how chilly it was this morning, it's good to not have to be the first group to tee off. Well, the first group's teed off at 8, but the Bulls not until around 10 o'clock because they enter the day in one of the better groups, tied for third after round one of the AAC Championship at the Southern Hills Golf Club in Brooksville. And again, the Bulls are right there on the bubble and trying for a strong finish in this tournament. If they win the thing, obviously they get the automatic bid, but a second for sure and maybe even a third-place finish will be good enough, you would think, to secure them a spot as an at-large team, and they indeed enter the day. Second round out of a three-round event, tied for third. The leader is SMU, the Mustangs, the second-highest-ranked team in the field, cruise to a 12-under-par score in the first round. SMU has two players in the top 100 nationally. Actually, their top player, Mackenzie Lee, was actually tied for third on the team in scoring with the one-under-par, but their second-best player, Michelle Zhang, had three late birdies and fired a six-under-par 66. She is the individual leader. They also got a four-under from Ashley Chow, so they actually had a sub-par just one under par, sorry, golf puns, you know how that goes, round from their best player and still lead the event entering round two by five shots over Tulsa, which is a top 40 team. In a similar situation, Tulsa's top player, actually co-top players, only shot one under and even par respectively. Jenny Roller, who is a freshman who did not shoot in the 70s all year long, had their top score at three under. So SMU 12, Tulsa 7, then the Bulls tied with Houston for 4 under par. The Cougars, another top 40 team. And we keep sprinkling in those mentions because there are four top 40 teams in the AAC. They're all going to the NCAA tournament no matter what. The Bulls and Tulane are the two teams in the upper 50s that are hoping for strong showings at the tournament. Secure one of those at-large spots. Tulane well behind. In fact, the top five, there is a cushion between the top four ranked teams and the Bulls, and then everybody else in the field. It's SMU 12 under, Tulsa 7 under, Houston and USF 4 under. UCF, actually the highest ranked team in the field, is just 1 under par. They got a couple players in the top 60 range overall nationally, but they'll be looking for a better showing. And then it drops all the way to 8 over par with East Carolina. And that two-lane team I mentioned, Green Wave, were the surprise winners last year with, by the way, a score of 28 over par in Pinehurst, North Carolina. The Green Wave are at 13 over par, which would have been fine last year, but not so much this season. The Bulls were led 
by MG, Melanie Green. She is one shot off the individual lead with a 5 under par 67, a bogey free round finishing up with three birdies on her last five holes. And we mentioned how other schools' top golfers did not show out. Unfortunately for the Bulls, their number two golfer, Alizé Vidal, had a seven over par round of 79. Her score actually did not count, but that's why you have five starting members. So you drop the highest score and players like Leo, Leonor Medeiros from Portugal, a four under par 68. She was sitting at five under par through 10 holes. Then she bogeyed the 12th and came home with pars for a four under. After that, it was the fifth golfer, Juliana Camargo, shooting the third best score, a two over par 74. And rounding out the scorecard was Lauren Heinlein, who had a three over par 75. Heinlein is the transfer from Kansas. This time last year was playing in the Big 12 championships, finished in the top 25 so far, right around that mark here with a three over par 75. So individually, you got Michelle Zhang from SMU at six under par, MG, who's risen into the top 50 individually at five under, right behind her teammate, Leo Medeiros at four under par, along with SMU's Ashley Chow. Total of 15 golfers shot under par in their first round. So round two Tuesday at the Southern Hills Club in Brooksville. Everybody goes off with a Houston golfer because that's the team that the Bulls are closest to, in fact, tied in the standings with. And it's two per group. So 10.07 is the first group, the two with the highest scores from Monday. And then at 10.41, Melanie Green set to go off with Houston's top performer from round one, Nicole Abilar. The last groups will tee off at 11.24, so this will go deep into the afternoon and planning on heading out there myself today. It's because we won't be going to Jacksonville with baseball. We'll tell you about their game tonight in a second, but we'll tell you about the weekly honors and why. There were definitely three candidates, but only two of them made the AAC honor roll. As I said on Twitter, and I've said a few times before, I don't want to be annoying about it, but you have nine players on a baseball field, and you only have room for seven on your weekly honors. First of all, there are four series victors, right? And therefore, it's not even mathematically possible for everybody to get two representatives. So to expect a team that didn't win its series to get more than two is overshooting, and that's why, well, there needs to be room for nine because clearly the Bulls had three such this week. Two of them, though, do make weekly mention as deserve it. The player and pitcher of the week did not include Bulls. We'll give you that at the end of the hour with Around the American, and I don't have a gripe with either of those, but... Jack Siebert, I think if the Bulls win the series, could have gotten pitcher of the week. He definitely is on the five-member honor roll. He went seven and a third innings. That is a career high in a game the Bulls really needed to grab one from Houston last weekend. Struck out five in the 13-2 win. And a guy who had to make it, if it was a toss-up between Bobby Bozer and Drew Brutcher, you have to go with the guy who had five home runs for the week more than anyone else in the conference, including two, as you heard, well, a week ago right here. Bobby Bozer gets into that one. Can the win keep it in play? Maybe not. And it's over the wall. Another home run. Wind be darned, or at least be not a factor with the Bulls' power bats tonight. Three and two pitch, and Bozer drills it to left field. This could be a two-bomb night for Bobby Bozer. It is. Oh, man. As the wind is picking up and blowing in, you wouldn't know it. He laid into that baby. Bozer with his second two-homer game of the year. And this time he didn't wait as long for number three. Remember his first two-homer performance was in the opener against Maryland. And well, he only waited, what, one extra game this time because it happened 
in the game two loss to the Cougars, 16 to 10. Another blast in the Sunday victory against Houston. So for the week, seven for 16 with five of those being home runs, eight RBI and eight runs scored. And really, more to the point, great to see his bat heating up again. Bobby had that really good start. He was into the 400s, then he got hurt, was out of the lineup for a few games, and then really was struggling as he was recovering from the injury, had a stretch where he struck out 16 times in 22 at-bats. In fact, the series pre-conference weekend was against VCU. He went 0 for 3 with 3 Ks in the Friday opener. Remember, that's the game where the Bulls kind of fell apart, lost 18 to 3. Well, he only had one AB the rest of the weekend. A pinch hit in the Sunday game. Did not start in the ensuing Tuesday game, and then... Didn't start against UCF in game one. However, ended up with three hits in the next two games and has progressively gotten that batting average back up. He was at 275 entering conference play. And look now, 321. Another guy who's heating up just a little bit and certainly on another week, if, you know, Jack hadn't pitched so well or Bobby wouldn't have hit five home runs, darn him, Drew Brutcher would have been on the weekly honor roll for sure because he had three homers in as many games in the series against Houston. Last time he did that or any Bulls player hit a homer in three straight games was early last season against Stetson. Don't look now, but Brutcher's batting average is at 324. He's starting to pile up not only the extra base hits, but the walks. Try five of them in the last two games. Yeah, Houston was just a little bit concerned with Brutcher's bat. And the interesting thing there is he had actually not walked at all in conference play in the first seven games. So it's coming together for Drew and the Bulls, and they play UNF tonight, a team that they're looking to solve. It's been now six games in a row that the Ospreys have taken from the Bulls. It was an extra inning win for UNF after the Bulls had tied it in the bottom of the ninth. That was a wild game two weeks ago. Probably going to be another fun one tonight, although UNF, like the Bulls, honestly much more concerned about conference play where the Bulls are trying to stay in that two or three seed, and they've got plenty of chances to do that. UNF is just trying to make the A-Sun tournament. That's a very good conference for the sport. As a matter of fact, they are in a three-way tie for eighth, which is the final spot in the conference. Still plenty of time to go, but since they have played the Bulls, the Ospreys lost two or three to Jacksonville State, which is tied for third, a game behind FGCU. We know all about the Eagles and Lipscomb. And then they turned around last weekend and after getting shut out at home by Central Arkansas in the first game, won a series against them. So this will be a fun one, and we'll recap it for you tomorrow on Bulls Beat. Okay, it would have been a stretch to have the Conference Player of the Week again with softball seven teams. So you have one that doesn't play, well, a conference matchup every weekend, and that was the Bulls. So they only played two games, and Vivian Pond and the Bulls technically only played in one day. But she had a pretty awesome day, as you heard last week. Two homers, six RBI, and a season high as far as innings, pitching with three and a third and getting the win in the finale of the doubleheader victory at Stetson. Team that, by the way, turned around and lost its next two games to get down to 500 before winning one over the weekend. Bulls have a pretty uh, tough opponent tomorrow for a doubleheader. We'll give you more details on the Wednesday show as they go to Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators. That was one of those matchups that got weathered out early this season and made up now as part of a doubleheader. And then the Bulls head into conference play against UCF. Man, did the conference get interesting. And again, we'll tell you more on that as we go around the American to end each hour here on a Tuesday morning. Conference tournament intrigue for the AAC when it comes to women's tennis. 
The Bulls are the number three seed. They will play almost certainly Memphis, a team they just lost to, but remember the Bulls were without their number two player, Grace Schumacher. Then, if they are able to get past Memphis in the quarterfinals on Thursday, they will almost certainly play the number two seed, which now happens to be UCF. Knights were the top-ranked team in the conference, but got beat by SMU. The Mustangs earned the number one seed. Well, guess what? To make the NCAA tournament, no matter what your computer rank is, you have to at least be 500. That loss by UCF to SMU put them under 500. In other words, UCF has to make the conference tournament championship. And the Bulls are the team that can prevent them from doing so and thus end their season. Yes, USF has to win the conference to make the NCAA tournament. They're going to have to win the conference tournament. But now they can possibly end their rival season as well. That all starts. Actually, the conference tournament begins tomorrow. The Bulls' first match is Thursday. And that's Bulls Beat on a Tuesday. I'm Derek Sharp.